Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Secret Origins of Mink Condition, and happy Thanksgiving. This is our 2023 Thanksgiving edition, and uh, we are in the store. I don't know what we're, we're I guess we're doing pre-Thanksgiving meal in the store, but that's where we are today. We're in the store, and uh, joining me in the store is Joe. Hey, folks. How you doing? And uh, Chris will be joining us at some point. He'll be coming in here, so he he'll be here. But um, but also joining us today is uh is two friends of the show that are going to do a little friendsgiving with us today. So uh, John is here. Hey everyone, good to be here. And Josh is here. Hello, hello. And uh, thank you too for joining us. And uh, you know, the last uh, couple of years, it's uh, obviously been uh, Joe, Chris, and myself talking. The first year we. We're just doing the podcast. It was the first year doing the podcast. So we talked about what we were thankful for, for um, the store and just in general about the memories of the store. And uh, we kind of gave our own, um, you know, remembrances of it and talked about some good times. And we talked, we also read a few comments from some of our listeners, but, you know, with the two of you here, you've had a lot of history with the store. So, um, you know, so John, maybe I'll start with you. What what were some things that maybe um, you were thankful for? For the store thankful for during that time when the store was around oh wow it's hard to know where to begin because there are a lot of different points i think the the most thing i'm thankful for is the people that it connected me with over the years it's everyone here that i'm talking to but it was it was actually a lot more people looking back than i realized there were the all the way back to junior high school when they, even when they were in that other uh the the, uh, the main street building there were a few friends who i really wouldn't have connected to unless we realized, hey, we both like comic books. But by the time it got to high school for me, it was a safe space. That's what I was really thankful for. High school is, depending on who you are and where you fit in, it's either the height of your life or it is one hell of a difficult thing to get through. And Mint Condition was really that amazing, safe, fun place, but, you know, that really provided an outlet for social interaction for fun and and just feeling like i was accepted uh and and that's what i'm really grateful for um and and all the cool games (laughs) yeah i would i would say like that's always number one i think that was what we talked about in our first thanksgiving episode it's the people we always talk about the people it's the people Mm -hmm. who make the show it's the people who made the store joe you've said that many times and oh yeah and richie said that many times and we have um Josh, what are what are some of your uh, thankful memories of Mint Condition? Well, mine are um, uh, similar to John's, and I know um, similar to things you guys have shared on the show before. You know, I would say I'm thankful because, you know, Mint Condition was really, I think, the first space I found where I really felt like I, I belonged there. You know, I didn't feel like I quite fit in at school. I mean, even in my own—I um, mean, even in my own family, at times I always, uh, you know, kind of felt like the odd one out because I was into, you know, weird, um, <laughs> occulty sci-fi and stuff. And I think, in retrospect, something I'm thankful for is the fact that not only was it a space that I felt like I I belonged in, but it was very welcoming and not gatekeepy. And, you know, subsequently I've learned or I've had other experiences in other spaces, um, especially uh, back in the 90s, those kinds of fandom spaces 
could, you know, have their own hierarchy and be very exclusive and um, sort of sort of be snooty. And, you know, Mint was never like that. I mean, as you guys have mentioned, if someone showed up who was like that, they didn't last very long uh, because there was um, s- sort of a low tolerance for for uh, for that sort of attitude. Um, and so for that, I'm really thankful because I think I could very easily imagine encountering some, some attitudes like that in that sort of a space at that young age where I was sort of finding myself and finding my place and just having that turn me off from feeling like I had found a space, um, where I belonged. So I'm, I'm very thankful that, uh, mint was the way that it was. Yeah, absolutely. That that's, um, it's, it was, you know, as we've said many times on this program, that's, it's a place where everyone was welcome. And if you had no ego about anything, then you were very welcome there. Cause you know, people who did didn't stay around or didn't, didn't, uh, didn't hang around for long if they were like that or gatekeeping. So yeah, that's, it's definitely was the place for that. I think this is like the first time um, in all the, in the end of years we've done the podcast um, and Josh and John have been on at the same time that um, we, we haven't talked about a specific topic. We're just talking about nostalgia. So just, I think um, I, I can vaguely, Josh, do you remember like when I think we've all the, I met you when we were playing star Wars, the, the card game, right? I think we were just playing. Um, I, I was just getting friends with John as I was just becoming friends with you. Am I remembering that correctly? Or what do you guys remember? No, that is correct. Um, I mean, that comports with my recollection of things. I remember um, the Star Wars CCG, the first uh, uh, the first edition came out in uh, December 1995. I remember that very specifically, it's seared into my brain, uh, because I was playing Magic the Gathering, and, you know, I enjoyed Magic, but it wasn't, like, f- for whatever reason, I don't know if I've said this on the show before but for whatever reason high fantasy has never really um been my thing i've never really uh, been into it i don't even really like lord of the rings that much you know which is is sort of the uh, uh my vocabulary is, is failing me but it's sort of like the the arc the archetypal high fantasy you know, story. Um, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really do it for me. Um, so I was into magic, but then when I heard that they were doing a star Wars card game, I was like, I was counting down the date. So I think that's why <laughs> I remember December, 1995. So specifically, and yeah, and that's when I remember, um, James, I think I've said this before on the show. I have a very strong memory of, uh, you and this Darth Vader t-shirt that you used to wear all the time. So, um, that, made you very easy to identify as one of my people. <laughs> um, sorry, the I'm one amazed, other thing I want to... I'm amazed that you remember that. I mean, you just explained why, but I would have never pulled 1995 December so specifically out of my brain. So thankful. thankful I'm thankful for Josh's memory. I'm thankful for John's memory. Great recollection. <laughs> I actually have a friend um, who worked at Decipher around that, uh, that time who I wanted to get on... Uh, a trash compactor to talk about it, but uh, but since I'm really not um, much of a gamer, I um, you know maybe this show would be an even better venue for that conversation, or or maybe we could um, uh, do one of those um, uh, those episodes where if you wanted to have them on, I could I could also put it out on the trash compactor feed. 
Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, I think John would be up for that too. I mean, John is like, you know. Oh, definitely. Yeah. To speak to someone's brain who worked at Decipher during that time, that would be, because they, you know, we spoke about this. I think we actually spoke about this in one of our recent episodes, like um, the Decipher was it? No, the Decipher made their card game off of what the original Star Wars role-playing books. That was their source material. Yes, yes, right. So, so they created a lot of lore as well uh, because the uh, the Star Wars RPG, uh, the source books that were created for that for, uh, for West End Games, created a, lo- a lot of lore that um, persists until this day. And there are a lot of a lot of Easter eggs in like the Disney Plus shows and in uh, the new material. It's sort of like it almost feels like there's a competition inside inside Lucasfilm who um, for who can slip in the most obscure reference to the <laughs> uh, the West End uh, games role uh, role playing game. So yeah, so so uh, but uh, the card game uh, by Decipher they utilized that uh, lore, but they were also sort of the next ones to create n- new lore for like you know side characters and stuff like uh uh the Bo Sheck character and all of those like uh, cantina patrons that had no names uh you know a lot of them got names all of a sudden and and that's still what they are called today uh, you know if you if you go to wikipedia i mean all that a lot of that stuff originates from um the lore that was generated for the the description on those cards well, they, they had no idea they were doing that for the game, and then eventually making the, those are those are what I guess uh, uh, Hasbro made their action figures. There's a, there's a friggin' Bojack action figure now, so you know, like, <laughs> like he went from obscurity to a name to having an action figure. So he made the whole cycle. I always remember how it, I was blown away around the year 2000. Eddie Izzard, one of my favorite comedians uh, and actors, he was doing the whole like joke routine about how the British are always the villains in sci-fi movies, or they, or if you're going to be a villain, excuse me, you have a British accent. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's going on and on about, you know, the Empire, the Death Star personnel. And then he references one very specifically while he's doing like a full-on heavy accent. And he's like, Lieutenant, I forget the name now. But I remember the card when he said it. And I was like, wait a second. That wasn't even credit. He wasn't credited in the movies. The name was never mentioned in the movie or put in the credits. So either Eddie Izzard played the game, or somehow that random lieutenant, lieutenant, uh, made their way from the card game into popular culture somehow. Sebastian, that's what it was. Lieutenant Sebastian. <laughs> wow. yeah, I remember the card. Remember, I vaguely remember like the visual of the guy there. And it was like, how did it get the, Like this game actually had a huge, somehow it must have had this huge influence without the creators even realizing it, but you know, besides our little corner of connecting all of us. Sir? Yes, what is it, Lieutenant Sebastian? Mr. Rebel, <laughs> sir. <laughs> they're here. <laughs> That's, that was a lie. They're here. Do they want, was it, do they want tea or something? What was the little follow-up line? Yeah, right, right. Do they tea want crumpets. tea? <laughs> uh, Watercrest sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, watercress sandwiches on the Death Star. They had a watercress sandwich bar. <laughs> I mean, it's a big it's a big death star why, why wouldn't it yeah uh, well to kind of i guess draw us back a little bit into uh into thanksgiving um joe is we, we've spoken many many uh many a time on this show and i i know we're recording this a little early uh josh and john so if you don't have answers it's okay 
But Joe, are you uh, still looking forward to your traditional foods uh, this Thanksgiving? We always like to talk about food on this episode. Oh yeah, I mean, um, my cousin, my cousin uh, Linda will probably put out a gigantic spread. You know, and the next day you'll you'll like, why did I eat all that food? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, do I have do I have a death wish? But uh, yeah, of course, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Your, uh, was it the wedding soup? The wedding soup. No, that's that. We don't know. There's nobody around who still makes that. I mean, I have uh, only one Lombardi sisters left. That's Aunt Maggie, who today's the first. In two days, she'll be 95. Wow. But, but she's living in an assisted living home now, and uh, she never made that soup anyway. That was uh, a concoction of my mom and my Aunt Lucy. They were the ones that made the Italian wedding soup on, on holidays. Yeah. Well, someone going to make you a gluten-free pumpkin pie, or you got to bring that yourself? I'm going to make that. Oh, okay. I'm going to make that, and I'm going to force my family. The only person in my family who will eat the gluten-free pie is my nephew, Frank. No one else will try it. So I'm going to force my cousin, Linda, to, to, try, <laughs> to try the pie. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but, uh, you know, I can't eat that. It's gluten-free. She doesn't even know what gluten is. So it just irks me. You know, they won't try it. But, uh, you know, otherwise, it, it's always a good day. Yeah, uh, but at this point, gluten-free food tastes as, as good, if not some of it's better actually than, than regular food. I mean, yeah, I mean they, I've been eating gluten-free for so long that I can't really remember, but yeah, it's, exactly. hard to, it's hard to tell yeah. the difference. Um, John, what's your what do you what do you look forward to on your Thanksgiving Day with your family, or how, how how do you spend Thanksgiving usually? So it you know for for, for me it it tends to be uh, a rotating difference every year of who's hosting it, where it's going to be. Uh, uh, and the food varies uh, varies a bit, but it is almost entirely the typical fare of turkey, mashed potatoes. Though I will say, sometimes I'm picky about who makes the mashed potatoes. Um, I mm. like mashed potatoes, not smashed potatoes. I'm very specific. Like they're they're two different things. You can argue that all you want, but smashed potatoes are their own category. Uh, I want it to be mashed and whipped and uh, but put all the things in there. Put the, you know all the flavors you can in there. But yeah, we, we usually, you know, it's, it, every year is a different family member that decides to host or uh, invite us over or, or do all kinds of different things. So I'm just I'm just looking forward to to spending time with the family, especially my new niece and nephew. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, and I just hope that, you know, for whatever bridge I have to get over, that the traffic isn't going to be insane this year. Uh, uh, you're uh, not going to Staten Island, I hope. Uh, not in Staten Island, but it's usually uh, in years ago. It used to be often in Connecticut. Now uh, sometimes it's in Westchester or other parts of Connecticut. But I tell you, Thanksgiving—you will never be more thankful on Thanksgiving than when you choose the right bridge. If it is mm-hmm. a frog or a white stone, when you have to pee really bad. <laughs> that happened one year. <laughs> oh my God! And getting home was just. Oh my God. We, we, we chose right. We chose the Whitestone that year, and the rest of my family came across on Throg's neck. And the expressions of displeasure when they came in the house were like, why did it take us 45 minutes longer? And it's like, well, Thanksgiving miracle was for once the Whitestone Bridge. Choosing the wrong <laughs> bridge can ruin the whole day. Yeah. It really yeah. can. It really can. But I feel like Thanksgiving is always this, this, this production of how much you can eat, how much your body can endure, where you have to travel to, configuring that, you know, coordinating all that, the food and everything else, and then by the time you all sit down, you forget about it, uh, and 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 it's great. But Thanksgiving is always a production, and I always my heart goes out to anybody who has to travel on a plane to get to Thanksgiving. Oh my God! I'm grateful for one of the first things I'm grateful for this upcoming Thanksgiving is that I've always been able to drive about an hour, and occasionally do it at home. Um, 
that's a huge thing to be grateful for. <laughs> I, I have never taken a plane to a Thanksgiving uh, dinner, and I'm very happy about that. Yeah, yeah, I did it. We did it one year when we first moved down here to South Carolina. We went to visit because we didn't want to drive because the drive is, you know, like it's supposed to be 12 hours with a GPS. By the time you get here, it's like 15 hours. But um, <laughs> but we that first time we came for Thanksgiving, we took a plane. And then we took a took a train, and then on the way home we took a bus. So I was like, "Oh, where's 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 Steve Martin or John Candy?" Because they did the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, Josh, how what's uh, what's your favorite things about Thanksgiving, or how you celebrate normally each year? Well, I haven't had a normal uh, Thanksgiving in several years now. You know, before I moved to LA, I. Um, my aunt and uncle and my cousins out on the island uh, used to host Thanksgiving most years. So that was sort of what uh, 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 what we would do. And my favorite thing was um, I'm a big fan of there are a lot of foods that I don't normally allow myself to eat or, or at least eat with any regularity. And Thanksgiving is an opportunity to eat several of them at the same time <laughs> and my favorite thing is i get to have um i don't know if this is a feature of uh most people's th uh thanksgiving spreads but at least at um at at my aunt's house uh, we have regular mashed potatoes and we also have some sort of a sweet potato offering uh, she makes a um a sweet potato sort of uh, a casserole thing. So uh, to be able to indulge my love of mashed potatoes and also uh, sweet potatoes with some uh, kind of cinnamon maple syrupy sort of a thing on it on the same plate and not feel guilty about it is uh, uh, followed up with some some pecan pie. And there goes your glycemic levels. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Is, uh, yeah, is... Um, uh, uh, quite an occasion. Uh, but yeah, since, uh, since I've moved out West, well, the last few years, uh, specifically since, uh, uh, the pandemic, my family has expanded. So, you know, there are new considerations and also, um, it's not such a straightforward proposition whose family we're going to go to and, you know, how far we want to travel with a toddler. So, so it's sort of, um, I don't have a typical Thanksgiving ritual yet because a, a lot of variables are still, are still up in the air. Um, uh, but the one thing I really do like about Thanksgiving, you know, it's an idea for a holiday. I can, I can really get uh, behind, um, kind of meditating on the things that we're thankful for, um, uh, you know, James, I've, I've talked to you about, uh, you know, my meditation practice and you're familiar with, you know, the role of, of gratitude in, in mental health and stuff like that. And I think yeah. is, I think there's really something to be said for a holiday, uh, setting aside for a second, the origins of it and the whole, uh, uh, uh can of worms that that can open up. Uh, but the idea that it's a day, it's a secular holiday where you're supposed to kind of reflect and take stock and 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 kind of sit down with some good food and some good family and friends and really kind of appreciate what you have. And that's it's not really any more complicated than that. And I think that that's a very um, worthy thing to uh, uh, to practice every year. 
Yeah, absolutely. Being grateful and reflecting on your on what you grateful and the blessings that you have in your life, it, it does it affects mental health and it, it really it kind of just puts everything in perspective. And yeah, I, I totally agree with the idea of um, taking that opportunity to really recognize the things in your life that you are grateful for. I mean, we do it a lot on this podcast, especially you know on the Thanksgiving episode that we're recording, the, the, the gratefulness we have just from being in this podcast that we've already kind of expressed. But yeah, I totally I totally agree with that. Uh, to take it somewhere completely different, now that we're talking about food and I'm very hungry all of a sudden, <laughs> um, uh, combined with my mint condition nostalgia, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Boulevard sandwich from Hank's. Oh. The, the, um, it was a chicken cutlet, a breaded chicken cutlet, and I think uh, cheddar cheese and bacon, I want to say. And Wasn't there Russian dressing on it too? I don't know. No, I think you're thinking of the chipper. I, I think oh. there was mayo on this one. I think there was mayo on this one. Yeah, yeah. Because I used to remember uh, Chris always used to get the chipper, and that had Russian yeah, dressing yeah. on it. I believe. Um, he can the correct things me. we could eat when we were young. Wow. I know. My God, man. My God. <laughs> oh, yeah. The things. Yeah. Ring dings and yodels. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So, but the Boulevard from, uh, uh, from Hanks, I spent, um, there were several summers where I had that for, uh, for lunch m many days in a row, which is not something I would be able to do now. I mean, don't get me wrong. Actually, I would be able to, I just shouldn't. <laughs> All right. Well, shout out to, uh, Steve Perel, cause I'm going back on our Facebook group. And at one point, uh, when Arco was on in the last few months, he posted in the thread, the Hanks menu. And the Boulevard is a freshly breaded chicken cutlet, melted American cheese, bacon, lettuce, tomato, and mayo. Whew. Yeah, oh, that, that was a... so good. I want it right now. <laughs> I know, right? Get it on a roll or you could get it on a hero. Which one did you get it on, Josh? I got it on a roll. I yeah. got it on a roll. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that was a good sandwich. <laughs> and John, yeah. what was the sandwich you were talking about? Or what was your I, favorite? I remember something with, with Russian dressing. It was very similar and Russian dressing, which was a big, a little more of a, of a kick. But um, e even back then, uh, it was like the best sandwich, but you knew you were going to regret it within a few hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, like, you, there should be a price to pay. At least and you guys you, had that price to pay. I couldn't do that at my age. So I went to Eastern Shore <laughs> and got the stir fried chicken and broccoli. Oh, uh, <laughs> here it is. Uh, the North Shore, John. It's a pepper mill turkey, pastrami, melted... Um, Jalsburger cheese, lettuce, <laughs> tomato, sliced raw onion, and Russian dressing. See, or it could be, oh, actually, there's two There's two offerings here with Russian dressing. I'm sorry, John. Maybe it was the Bart, because the Bart is also, it's roasted turkey, breast, Munster cheese, bacon, a sliced raw onion, and Russian dressing. So those are the two on the wow. menu of Russian dressing. Does sound good. Did, did you guys um, um, go down the block east of Strawberry? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I oh yeah. At least once or twice a week getting full. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. Yeah stuff there and of course hickories we might as well bring up hickories oh sure yeah. oh yeah i mean of course we're missed without you know bringing up hickories hickories is um is hickory still there yes it is mm -hmm. god bless them yeah they're all still there you strawberries still there they're all there mm -hmm. oh good for them um the, the foods outlasted the store again to yeah i feel like there. i feel like we should do I mean, you guys probably have, but I feel like we should do like a food episode where we each show up uh, with a mint condition inspired meal 
and we, uh, I don't know. Well, we did an episode last Thanksgiving. Part we did a two-part Thanksgiving episode. The first part we actually just did what we, a little a long a whole episode about what you guys just did of talking mm. about our favorite foods from yes, the surrounding I, area. Oh yeah. Mm. Uh, which uh, which Chris, if he's uh, I don't know if Chris is able to hear us uh, yet, um, but uh, Chris Chris is probably that has uh, Chris has been nostalgic about Hanks ever since we did that episode a year ago. So oh yeah, he can't get it out of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Walter to like um, was it. Um, send him a frozen boulevard or something in the mail or something, you know, see if we can ship food. Like I, like I said previously, um, juniors in Brooklyn ships cheesecake all over the world. I don't see why you can't ship a ship. Try to say that five times fast. Ship a chipper to St. Louis. (laughs) (laughs) The sauce on the side. It should hold. It should. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It should. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I will also say, like, I, I've never had, um, they had the best sandwiches too, Hinks. Like, I've had other deli sandwiches, and, um, you know, I don't know if that's other how other deli sandwiches make them, but Hinks, like, they, there was no, they, there was no cheaping out. There was, no, like, a lot no. of food in those, in that sandwich. Yes. You know. Indeed, there was. You know. And also compared to other delis within Port Washington. I mean, I'm not going to speak, you know, I've gotten various food and good food from other delis, but Hinks was always my favorite. You know. mm-hmm. uh, what was the name of the deli next to Hinks? Um, Chihi? Yes. The Korean right? deli? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I always used to go there uh, to get, like, snacks. So That's what so I, I did, yes. to, Yeah, so I used to go to that one to get, like, I don't know, Sour Patch Kids or chips or a soda. I'd buy ice cream in there. Oh, I'm yeah. I'd go buy some ice cream, yeah. When I, was, when I had a hankering for like a, uh, which I knew I shouldn't have, but it's still, you know, one of those Dove balls or something like that. I would oh, go yeah. And get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the snack, mm-hmm. the snack one. So, so, so we, so, and then, and then Hinks was where you went for a sandwich for lunch. So, so we, so we patronized uh, both of those delis. It always, it always confounded me how those, those two delis could stay in business right next door to each other. And both of them had been there forever. Uh, But I guess I just explained it. It's because you went, yes. Yeah. yeah, You went to one for one thing and the other for other thing. Mm -hmm. Same clientele, but for, but different, uh, Different needs Serving, and wants, yes. Filling yeah, different, different needs. needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They, they knew how, to, I guess they knew how to stay in each other's lane because there was always, yeah, you know, like we, we always had, you know, you went to one for one thing and one for the other thing. Except for the parking in the back. <laughs> yes. Well, they shared the same parking, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Not a concern of mine uh, when I was nine or, or 10 or no, 11 or so. 12. <laughs> I didn't have to worry about parking. Uh, I used to walk or ride my bike. Very rarely, if I stayed there late, um, I'd get a ride home from the parents or from somebody. That's that's the crazy thing to think about is the number of times we walked to mint condition from home. As Josh, you and I were in an area that was you know, within, I want to say was less than less than a mile walk. I could find out exactly right now. <laughs> Let's find out. Um, Let's find out. But I was reading the other day is that like, that would probably be considered like negligence today, and that it's uh, on the part of parents. Uh, you don't yeah, see, would it? yeah, that's too bad. Like, it's crazy the number, like, you have to be driven everywhere, and mm. uh, people don't walk more than a couple blocks. How old were you guys when you were walking that mile of the mint? Oh, like, I don't know. I, well, I would well, have been, the, you, you were younger. I, I would have been 
13, four, oh God, dating myself here. Um, <laughs> in 40, so yeah, you would have been nine or 10 years old walking on your yeah. own. Yeah. Um, yeah. About 10 years old. And I was there. So my heyday for Mint was like 94, 95 through, I don't know, maybe 97 or 98. So, so I would have been like 10 to 14. Um, when I was 13, my friends and I were hopping on the train in Brooklyn and headed up to Yankee Stadium for a doubleheader on a Sunday. And all my parents said, make sure you get back for dinner time. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Today, yeah. Right? Yeah. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, you had like a old school experience. Just go out and come back by yeah, dinner. Just, just come back by dinner. Yeah, that's, that's, that was it. Yeah, yeah, that's how it was. Um, uh, those summers when I basically lived at at Min Condition, um, you know, just be home by dinner, and yeah. So I'm looking right here. Um, it's a 20 minute walk, a uh, 0.9 miles. So two and 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 fro, you know, once a day. That's almost uh, two miles a day. It's funny. I was just lamenting to somebody about how. I don't walk enough. I don't move around enough anymore because I work from home and, you know, LA is a very car centric mm. place. So I don't really have the opportunity to, you know, walk anymore. And now it's just, I used to walk two miles every day. How things change. Yes, they do. So yeah, so I guess I'm also thankful for all the exercise I got. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that's how you. Uh, I mean, that's how you work off all those all those uh, boulevards. You walk on the boulevard. Yes, that's great. <laughs> you walk yeah. the boulevard to work off those you boulevards. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Oh, well, I guess like you know, we can expand this just a little bit more since it is our Thanksgiving episode. Like, what was um. You know, putting Hink, Hink, putting those those foods we've already spoken aside in Port Washington in general, what was like the favorite place to go eat? Oh, I love Carlos Pizza. Yeah, Carlos. Yeah, I would good. I would frequent Carlos. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, DiMaggio's. Yeah, DiMaggio's is good. Dimaggio's Great good. pasta at home. Yeah. Yeah, DiMaggio's. Great. And in recent years, when Karen and I started going, they they had actually very good uh, gluten free pasta. I will say they had really good gluten free mm, pasta. Yeah. So, I like the Malfi also. Malfi was there. Oh yeah, that's um, one of the few places you can get a decent uh, gluten-free pizza pie. Yeah, yeah, they were good. They were good. Uh, Let there be bagels is is classic. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're still there. Jeez, the Haven Diner across the street from the railroad. It's changed oh, only sure. many times, yeah. but uh, you know the, uh, the the cook there. Uh, when I used to go there, Robert, he could make the, he made the best Spanish omelet on earth. Oh, God, it was great. I mean, it's not quite poor Washington. It's going, it's going almost cr- across Northern Boulevard, but the Landmark Diner was always solid too. Oh, sure. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's moved, and now it's burned down. Uh, no, no. The building next to it burned down. The top two floors of the building next to it, the professional building, where my dentist is located, uh, burned. Mm-hmm. Oh, was that recent? Yeah, that happened last year. Big fire. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, the landmark is fine. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 And no, I, I drive by that building once in a while. I go, wow. And it, it looks worse every day. They, they, yeah. they have not begun. Uh, and they have not done any work on that building. I don't know. I'm surprised. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. 
And John, what were some of your favorite uh, local eats outside of the the delis that we were talking about? Oh, a lot of those same same places. I mean, Carlos Pizza was was always a go to. Um, I mean, if we're talking about Port Washington food, uh, uh, I'm I'm a huge seafood person. I mean, especially back in the day, it was Louis, uh, because you had good seafood, a great view on the water. Um, mm. It was just a, a lot of fun in a special place. Now it is like super expensive and redone and everything else but it was sort of like it's still back back in those days it was still a bit of a like throwback fisherman's bar restaurant you know you felt you felt like even though there weren't really like that many fishermen coming back anymore you felt like the 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 man of the what was that the man of the you know, old man of the sea might walk in at any point with his beard um <laughs> and it was just something really you know fun about that Ion's uh, shish kebab restaurant, right? Oh um, yeah, the Mediterranean market, yeah. The Mediterranean market, and the the, the best. Um, uh, why am I drawing a blank now? But it's um, uh, Femicool, still there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what is it? Um, uh, salad Bratton, the best salad Bratton you can get anywhere. Femicools, fantastic. Yeah. You know, and I'll also throw in because I've had many. Karen and I have had enjoyed meals there, in you know, together and as a family. And uh, is uh, Sullivan's is good too. Sullivan's is, is yes. good food. Yeah, mm-hmm. I enjoyed Sullivan's as well. You know. Toscana is uh, uh, right up the block from right. I walk up the hill and make a make a right and across the street from the uh, the liquor store, which I do not frequent, by the way, uh, is uh, Toscana. And uh, Freddie um, uh, always makes me something special when I go there because he knows about my food allergies. Well, I think we've uh, I think we've shouted almost all the food in Port Washington. I think we have, yeah. <laughs> so, well, I think the one thing we always. Uh, you know, John, you would remember this. We we would lament sometimes, like when we were gathering. Like, w- there's there's nothing to do in Port Washington, but there is a lot of places to eat. Like, so oh my like, god, yes, you could eat. There's not always a lot of entertainment or or things like a you know a coffee shop or a place to sit around, but there is definitely places to eat food. So yeah, guys, both movie houses are gone. Yeah, I mean the, the buildings are there, but there's no no movie showing there anymore. Yeah, which is yeah. you know that's a shame. But, yeah, because what's the closest theater now? It's going to be Manhattan, right? Yes, and it's no more. It's not a um, uh, um, an art house theater anymore. They they show first run movies again at the uh, Manhattan Theater now. Uh, okay, all right. Well, that's you know, or or the Roslyn Roslyn Theater. Now we're getting Roslyn? really deep in the weeds. <laughs> deep in the weeds, audience. If you wow. want a nostalgia about the town, we are here in the, going uh, deep. Right next to the clock tower, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. See, food and uh, movies and. Uh, points of interest it's all here yeah. well joe this is i don't know if we ever talked about this before on the show in the last two thanksgiving episodes but uh this is probably a good time to segue into this like what what was uh what was the was did you have black friday on being conditioned or what was the friday after thanksgiving like did you do anything or did you notice an uptick in sales yes we did and i don't i think i told the story once before and um uh we had a black friday sale uh, i'm gonna say circa 2010 maybe no but i no, i think it was uh, yeah, around that time or so. And we were having a very good day. Uh, <laughs> I look up and there's Kevin behind the cash register counting the money. <laughs> I couldn't get there fast enough. What the hell are you doing? We're having a good day. I said, Kevin, put the money back in the drawer. You don't count money in the middle of the day in front of the customers. What's the matter with you? <laughs> counting the money. Uh, I said, I appreciate you looking out for the, you know, the assets, but please put it back and just, you know, see if somebody needs help. <laughs> So that's what I, yes, we did have 
we had Black Friday sales, and we usually did very well on Black Friday sales. Yes. What was the, usually the seller? Was it cards? Was it comics? Was it toys? A little bit of everything, but mostly cards. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because when people found out you could get a, a, a discount on the Pokemon, the Yu-Gi-Oh, and the Magic cards, yeah, the moms were in, especially with Pokemon. They all the little kids would just be would parade in with their parents, so that you know, or their older siblings, and uh, and you'd sell tons of Pokemon. Yes. Hey, so, I mean, for Josh and John, do you guys ever partake in, like, I mean, not for Mint, just in general, like, Black Friday stuff? I don't think I've ever gone someplace to a store. You know, the whole phenomenon of, of Black Friday, like, I know it's always um, been a tradition to, uh, uh, you know, after Thanksgiving is the the official start of, of holiday shopping season. Mm-hmm. I don't remember when black friday the term black friday really you know became a thing and the day and the ritual of it sort of became you know kind of a brand and an event unto itself um but my black friday stuff is kind of limited to i hate to say but uh whatever sale um whatever sale amazon is having and then cyber monday is a thing so the 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 Monday after Black Friday is when all the online uh, uh, retailers have have other sales. I mean, they do Black Friday as well, but um, yeah, the naked commerce of it all is 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 kind of um, it's the juxtaposition between what I was just talking about about uh, why I like Thanksgiving, uh, butted right up against um, uh, the sort of. Crash commercialism. Like, crash commercialism. Yeah, you the, know what that is? That's a Charlie Brown Christmas, right? The Charlie Brown Christmas special when he's bemoaning the fact of. Uh, oh, is that true? Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 I haven't. I haven't watched that in a long Check time. I'm yeah, looking that's forward. What that's what you're, you know, you're, you're, you're channeling there, right there. Yeah, Charlie Brown Christmas is. I, I is. I mean, sadly, I guess it's still as relevant as it was when they first made it. Almost sixty years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to um, showing my daughter some some of that classic stuff, like something. So you know, uh, Joe, you were talking about the uh, the two movie theaters in in Porter both closed, mm-hmm. and it um, it made me think. You know, something I really am thankful for is um, you know m- movie theaters in general, uh, uh, but specifically here in LA, um, uh, there's uh, the new Beverly Cinema. Uh, which is a a single screen really single um, screen. yeah it's a single screen um uh repertory theater that uh quentin tarantino uh took over a few years ago and he programs it and it's um they only show um movies on 35 uh millimeter film uh, wow. they don't have uh a, a projector uh a um a digital projector digital and projector. um uh, one of the things I love about it is it really recreates that movie-going experience. Mm-hmm. The aspects of it I feel like we've lost, and now I don't. I and now I appreciate um, so much more. It's sort of, you know, you, you go in, uh, you don't have a phone mm-hmm. uh, that you're checking, you, uh, you can't pause it. The screen is, you know, larger than life, and it's it, it's kind of it's holding your attention. Like you have to give it your full attention for you know ninety minutes or 
110 minutes or two hours or whatever it is. And, um, you know, they do a lot of double features. And I've seen a lot of movies there that I never would have watched if they were on TV. I never would have sought them out, certainly. And, you know, it got to a point where I would just see, I would go to just see whatever was playing and I would be surprised. And, you know, there's something about that, that experience of, you know, having something shown to you and you have to give it your full attention that I found, you know, pretty magical. And it's something that, you know, I think, um, uh, you know, when I was a kid, we certainly did that. Like we would just go to one of the movie theaters in town on a Friday or Saturday night and just see whatever was playing. Um, and that's not something uh, we really do anymore. We, yeah, we, lost. yeah, like there are things fighting for our attention and we seek out exactly what we're looking for. And, uh, you know, if, if there's any uncertainty or confusion or like hesitancy about something, we just, uh, you know, swipe and we're on uh, to the next thing. And, um, you know, the reason I'm, I was talking about the new Beverly cinema is because um, uh, they have these uh, kitty matinees on uh, uh, Saturdays, like where they show uh, cartoons and like, uh, like old uh, Ray Harryhausen sci-fi movies and stuff. Hey. And I'm, wow. I'm really looking forward to, uh, to when uh, uh, my daughter is is old enough to be able to sit through a whole movie, uh, because I'm going to have a lot of fun, um, you know, showing her all these all these old movies, and uh, you know, I feel like it's an it's a thing, it's an experience that sadly I, I don't think she would get any other way unless I went out of to, to, my way to expose her to that yeah. stuff. Yeah, no, what, I mean, what you just related there, Josh, is it gave me goosebumps because I'm thinking about my two greatest movie experiences of all time at the Lowy's Astor Plaza on 44th or 45th and Broadway back in the late 70s. And you can imagine what two movies they were, Star Wars and the following year, Superman the movie. And it was just great. Screaming crowds, people just going wild over those two movies and just experiencing that. With, with you know uh, a thousand people that, in, in, the, in the theater, just an amazing experience. Something that hopefully we'll get back to at some point. It'd be nice, I think, it would be. Uh, you know, the other thing I miss. This is sort of the the uh, the polar opposite of uh, what we were just describing. Um, uh, but I miss, um, you know, st- stumbling on a random movie or TV show on TV at three a.m. when there's nothing on. And it's something that you've never seen before. You have no idea what it is. And it just, it's like you start halfway through and it just sucks you in. Um, uh, uh, one movie for me uh, that I guess I was, I was young enough where uh, 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 this movie was that, uh, but um, the original, the original um, alien I first saw um, after midnight, like on, on TBS or something. Really? And I must have been, yeah. And I must have been, um, I was, I was younger than I should have, 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 have been watching that movie. But it just, you had to fall asleep after that. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I didn't. I just, I didn't know what it was. And it was just like, it was, 
it just it just pulled me in. It was so intriguing and it was so it was so thrilling that um oh, yeah. the uh it's like I was scared, but there was something so compelling and I didn't know what it was and I just couldn't stop watching it. And you know, it's just like I struggle to think of another circumstance where you could stumble upon a movie that you'd never heard of and you would actually stop and watch it and mm. you would discover something serendipitously like that. Like, I don't know. It's like it, it's like the closest thing I can think of is like how TikTok works. Oh, but obviously they're not ser- s- serving you up classic cinema on no. on TikTok. No. Um uh, <laughs> yeah, so those things, um, I, I'm sort of, I'm sort of thankful for those, um, uh, sort of more s- s- serendipitous, um, kind of, and the, the communal experience. Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah. I mean, experience of, of discovery. Yeah. I mean, uh, I saw alien in the aforementioned, um, Lois Astor Plaza, 1979. So there you go, 77, 78, 79. Star Wars, Superman, Alien. What a time for movies. And and what a place to see that in. So um, I don't know who, who who came up with that idea for that theater, but uh, whoever they were, I'm, I'm thankful for, for the Lois Astor Plaza. I saw many, many films there in the 70s and 80s. It's a great place to see a movie. Is it still there or it's gone? No, it's gone. Yeah. It's yeah. a shame movie the movie going experience there's nothing beats like going into a theater with other people and uh, seeing something for the first time that you've never seen before so mm-hmm. it is something to be grateful for yeah. i mean josh you also have like you just mentioned you have the benefit of now uh introducing flynn to all these things yeah. from your your past and revisiting them through uh through her eyes and you know through your older eyes i guess also no i hope so i hope that she um i hope that she gets into it and she's not like uh I- I have to go to the movies with my dad and her friends are like, what's a movie? Yeah. Well, they're, they're, <laughs> I mean, movie? I'm sure yeah. Jack wouldn't mind me saying, but, but Jack has a, with Grayson, sometimes he brings up a movie and, and Grayson doesn't want to watch it because it's an old movie. Yeah. From like yeah. 1997. I think I, I, Jack, I could be wrong. Jack and Jack will correct me. I think he might, Grayson might have said that about back to the future. So, like. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, nothing will be worse than, um, seeing somebody talk about, um, an old movie like The Matrix. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like that, uh, I mean, that was a moment where I had to be like, is somebody, is somebody pranking me? Is this, is this reality or am I on drugs or am I in a dream? Like what is, like what is happening right now? It's like old movie. That was, that was like, a, that's a hit movie still. Like what's it called? Old movie. Yeah, but, uh, but almost quarter century ago. Yeah, I know. It's, it's old. It's old. It's old. And Keanu Reeves still looks the same. So, you know. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I will never forget the intense argument after watching that movie uh, with Toby at his house and how he thought it was a horrible movie, really? and the rest of us really liked it. And the and the and the classic outside of men condition uh, arguments and debates that uh, ah. that, that came. And I still feel like it wasn't that long ago, like Matrix. Like it couldn't have been that long ago. And yeah, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It was almost almost twenty four years ago. Yeah, wow. I mean, I feel like just yesterday was the 25th anniversary of Star Wars. And you're like, oh, oh my it's god, about to be, it's, it's about to be the 25th. Year. It's about to be the 25th anniversary of the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. 
But what was it just now? The four, was it the third, the fortieth anniversary of Return of the Jedi, right? Or thirtieth? What was fortieth? Fortieth. Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. Yes. Oh yep. Nineteen eighty-three. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, now we've come all yeah. the way around to reflecting, reflecting on how old we are. Yeah. I mean, Thanksgiving will always end up with that because you you realize just how much has happened even in the last year. But it it is wild to think of how how much time passes quickly, but it also feels feels like it was yesterday, especially with pop culture things. Mm. And uh, even to me, it feels like Min Condition was not that long ago. But I when I'm back in port and I drive by, you know, that old, you know, a uh, strip of stores and it's not there. There's still a part of me that is surprised not yeah. to see the slightly torn Spider-Man awning. <laughs> you know, which we did replace. It was it was always there, and now it's not. I'm like, wait, what? What? No, it's supposed to be there. Uh, well, as we bring um, this uh, this nostalgic, heavy um, uh, Thanksgiving edition to a close, uh, Josh, we have you here. We have a few minutes, and uh, audience who are are into it, I, Josh, you did not get to join us for our wrap up of season two of Strange New World. So I figured, while we have you here. Yeah. Um, we can we can briefly return to the bridge of the U.S.'s main condition. And what were your thoughts of the back half of Strange New World season two? Oh gosh, you're you're putting me on the spot here. I um I really I really dug it. I really um I you know once again I think I think Strange New Worlds is um is just a really great show. Um, you know, I was talking to my friend uh, Bracy. Uh, a couple weeks ago and i had been uh, you know he's like a casual star trek fan and I, um i i was recommending strange new worlds to him and he finally watched it and he was talking to me about it afterwards and he was like it feels so good to to be excited and hopeful about the future again he's like he's like he's like i don't think that our future is going to look exactly like Star Trek, but like that idea where our future is, you know, working together on starships and going out and exploring the universe. He's like, that's what we should be doing, man. Like that's mm-hmm. like, that's it. Like we should be doing that. And he was just like so excited and um, he found it, you know, very inspiring and very hopeful. He said it just made him feel good. And I was like, that's, I mean, that's Star Trek. I mean, that's what Star Trek should, the best of Star Trek should, should be. I really enjoyed the episode with the, um, the, uh, the Klingon ambassador and, and Dr. Mabenga and, uh, Nurse Chapel. I was really, yeah. I was really, oh, because I was kind of a, of two minds about that whole storyline about uh, the Klingon war, which is obviously something that uh, they had established in uh, discovery uh, but then, um, you know, the backstory that they gave to Dr. Mabenga and to chapel. I was a little bit like, you know, Star Trek isn't necessarily the show. I liked to, uh, to do horrors of war stories. Uh, they do them every once in a while and it's fine. Um, but like, I feel like it's it's better suited to other things, but I was really present, uh, pleasantly surprised how how affecting that episode was and how hard that episode went. I think they did that 
subject matter real justice. Um, I, I, I got a kick out of the musical episode. I thought uh, the music was g- genuinely quite good. Um, I was also impressed that it wasn't just a throwaway. Like the uh, the things in the episode actually advanced um, uh, the ongoing uh, character stories. I mm-hmm. I, I like that. Um, similarly, I got a kick out of um, seeing the lower decks. Uh, 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 crew in live action uh, you know I thought it was um, I thought it was excessive in in all the best ways uh, similar to the musical episode like I love that that uh, because um, there are so many Star Trek shows now you know Strange New Worlds gets to be the one that kind of has fun I, I mean Lower Decks obviously is all about fun, um, but just in terms of of taking Star Trek se- uh, s- seriously, but not not taking themselves seriously. Uh, yeah, I really got I really got a kick out of that. The the I think Akiva Goldsman said um, in the uh, pre release press he was like, yeah, for season two we just we we took some some big swings and we went for it and i appreciate that uh one thing i really liked i love when this show does something that's kind of an homage to the original series and it's it it sort of works it's like i loved in the finale where uh, they go to that uh, colony planet and it's just like the, uh, the back lot uh, town square um you know which is something that the original series did all the time, like just for, uh, for, uh, for, uh, for budgetary reasons. That's why they came up with, uh, Hodgkin's law of, of parallel planetary development to kind of, uh, uh, justify, uh, why they were setting so many episodes on, um, uh, uh the leave it to beaver town square. Um, well, the, the original series, uh, Josh, the backlot was often the Mayberry set. Yes, right, right. Yeah, you can see the courthouse a number of times. <laughs> yes, yeah. no, you could. Um, so, so I really appreciated how they 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 did that, and they sort of um, uh, they sort of explained it as when we go out into space, a lot of of colonies they uh, are very specific in how they uh, decide to create their. Um, you know, their worlds and uh, the idea that, yeah, I mean, one of them would try to recreate, you know, mid 20th century um, small town living. And that's, you know, that would would totally happen. So they were able to. Well, so, um, so I'm, I'm going to jump in for a second because I have to remind that this also happened in another episode, which given that Halloween was yesterday uh, in terms of some of the uh, recording timing. There was another planet in Next Gen that also chose a 20th or earlier than 20th century world to replicate as a Federation colony. And that planet decided to be like the Scottish Highlands. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. But there was also a ghost. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes. In that place that then followed to seduce Beverly Crusher. Yes. Leading to, was probably. We talk about fun. Well, there's fun, and then there's what drugs were they on? Right. <laughs> um, 
some of the lines that I have imprinted in my memory. Uh, uh, Dr. Crusher is saying, I was up late last night. She's talking to uh, to uh, 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 Troy. It's like reading particularly erotic chapters in my grandmother's memoirs. <laughs> And you're just like, and they're just like, yeah, that's totally normal. And then when she starts hooking up with the ghost made manifest that was her 110 year old grandmother's 34 year old lover, um, uh, it is like, wait, you're, 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 you're with him. Yeah. What, what do you think? Well, you know, it's a little strange, but who am I to judge? And they just have this total like girls kiki moment talking about her grandmother's 34-year-old lover who she's now hooking up with. And I'm like, wow, this is both progressive and bonkers. But I guess it also, like, why is it in the Highlands? Amazing and drug-fueled, but I guess there's going to be a colony for everybody. Exactly. A colony for everybody. A colony for everybody. (laughs) Uh, well, I think that's uh, probably a good place to wrap up our Thanksgiving episode. We went we went all over the place in this episode, um, but this is what Thanksgiving is about. I yes. think is travel, like, <laughs> travel, and also uh, and you know, also when you get together with people and friends you haven't spoken to in a long time, you get to talk about all the things that you you want to catch up on. You know, that's part of what Thanksgiving is is getting to um, gather together and um, be thankful and be in the in the closeness of people you love and care about. So. Um, I will say that I'm I'm obviously very grateful to be doing this podcast and very grateful for the people who get to be on it and want to be on it. So, um, you know, I could not do this episode without everyone else here. So, um, you know, thank you, John, for being here. Well, I'm so glad to be here. Uh, I'm thankful for the podcast. I'm thankful for the opportunity that's given me to reconnect with all of you. Um, and that's definitely something I'm thankful for this year are a lot of... Uh, restored connections and just you know really realizing that that's that's the real thing about life we all we all have a lot of stuff going on a lot of things happening and uh uh none of it is really matters you know when you contrast it to actually connecting with the people in your life family friends your chosen family uh, and that's been the thing i'm grateful for and the lesson in the last year yes absolutely and um and thank you uh josh for being here Oh, it's my pleasure. And I can't say it any better than what John just said, but that goes for me as well. And of course, Joe, thank you for always being here and being uh, the host, co-host of this podcast. Oh, you're welcome, James. And, and again, I'll echo what Josh said, what John said. You can't say it better than that. John hit the nail on the head. That's what it's all about. It was what Mint was about, family and friends, and that's what this podcast is about. Yes. And I'm very grateful to have it yeah. in my life. Absolutely. And uh, Chris, unfortunately, couldn't make it today, but he, he sends uh, his love uh, to, uh, to all of you for listening. And uh, he would want to be here as well. And um, I'm sure he would share the sentiments that John so eloquently uh, said. So, um, so thank you, listening audience, for joining us for another Thanksgiving. We hope that your Thanksgiving is enjoyable, that you get to be with all the friends and family that you want to be with. And uh, we will talk to you on the next episode.